friends, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and You You, a podcast for everyone. My name is Reverend McKinley Sims. I serve at the Unitarian Universalist Church of the Restoration in Mount Airy in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love, of sisterly affection, and of sibling rivalry when it comes to football games here in the fall. It is September 12th. I am in my office battened down because um, it is raining really hard outside. And I am thinking of all of those who are in the path of Hurricane Florence in North Carolina and my beloved Williamsburg, Virginia, um, and everyone else along the coast who are preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. And I am certainly holding you up in my thoughts and prayers. I told a story on Sunday in my sermon about the first hurricane I ever got to witness, and it was related to our theme of sanctuary at Restoration. In September, we're talking about sanctuary, and I told this story about how, as a young boy from West Texas who didn't know a whole lot about rain, uh, and whose grass out in the prairie was always brown or tan or khaki, to see the green grass in Virginia was a big shock, and I realized how it got like that because of all the water that came from the rain. And in my first week in Virginia, Hurricane Ernesto came through and dumped so much water, so much rain, I didn't really know what to do. So I did the only thing I could think of when you're a boy from West Texas who's never seen rain like that before. And I put on my swimsuit and I walked outside of my dorm and I took a shower (laughs) I brought soap and shampoo and a loofah and the whole nine yards, and uh, people were laughing at me from the windows and making fun of me because I was from Texas, but there you have it. And the point of the story was that this rain, it knocked out our power, and and it caused a lot of problems. Thankfully, no one was hurt. But the rain, for me, and the symbol of water, is a wonderful symbol of sanctuary, So in the Unitarian Universalist tradition, we usually do something called water communion or the water ceremony at the beginning of our church year, which for us was this past Sunday. And the theme of sanctuary and the symbol of the water always comes back to this idea that water is innate within us. It's fundamental to life, the source of life. It flows within us. It flows throughout the places of the world. Human civilization sprung up amongst water, and the water has always been treated as a a cleansing force, a place of safety, a place of health and sanctuary. And I really like that metaphor and that symbology, and I've been thinking about that a lot when it comes to this hurricane, that there is blessing in the water and there is power in the water, and sometimes that power is destructive. And I am holding those who are in the path of Hurricane Florence up and wishing for health and preparation on the part of the officials and that everyone comes through is okay. But sanctuary is what I want to talk about today. Because along with talking about water and sanctuary and telling stories about upbringing, I've had a few different conversations with other UUs here in the Philadelphia area And it's been kind of the same thing. People have come to me wanting to talk and saying, you know, Reverend McKinley, I'm feeling a little 
out of place in my UU church. I don't really know what it is. I can't pin it down. But I'm having a hard time being a UU. I'm just having a hard time with it right now. And I don't know if they're coming to me for answers or not. I certainly don't have answers for that. But it, it was helpful to hear and to think about and to share a little bit of my story and my uh, vision on this, thoughts about what's going on. Folks were coming to me and saying, I'm having a hard time being a UU because of this lack of spiritual center is what it seems to be. A lot of folks have told me that they like the UU church, they like the social justice aspect, they like the inclusiveness aspect, but a lot of times it feels, can feel, as if it is a society or a club that does a lot of intellectualizing, does a lot of talking to make themselves feel good, does a lot of bashing of organized religion, especially of Catholicism, of more conservative religions, uh, does a lot of talking themselves up, putting others down, and reveling in the comfort and the freedom and the privilege of being to do so. And I've been thinking about that especially when it comes to this culture that we have that is reflective of white supremacy, that is reflective of comfort and privilege being preserved at all costs, that the status quo must main, be maintained, that to rock the boat in any way is the only sin you churches believe in. Right? If you get up there and you say God in the pulpit, you're rocking the boat. If you get up there and bring something spiritual that's not intellectually deep, you're rocking the boat. And I get where the the anti-Catholic, the anti-organized religion, the anti-authoritarian streak comes from in our fellowship movement and our history. And I understand that. And I certainly don't want to be someone who forces my beliefs on anyone. And I'm also aware that as a minister, that is kind of my job. And it is a little bit inevitable that I bring all of who I am to the pulpit every week and that cannot help but rub off on someone. So it is my job to be a, a shepherd with the best intent and to treat it responsibly. And I try to do that as well as I can. But in having these conversations, I've really begun to wrestle with what the younger generation of you use might want. And I, I don't know that many people. I'm still quite new to the denomination, so... If someone out there has a different take, I would love to hear about it. But it seems to me, from the people that I run around with in my circles, that our younger generation, I'm 30 years old, so people who are around my age and a little younger, are looking for something more solid to hold on to, that the anti-streak does not hold for them. That they're looking for something deep, meaningful, something to find answers in something that they can hold on to in times of trouble. And I want to use this phrase that I got from a Shane Claiborne book, The Irresistible Revolution. And I'm wanting to say it in the pulpit, but I know it is going to upset the status quo. But my worry and my fear is that Unitarian Universalism can fall into the trap of becoming a place where we talk a good game but we don't challenge ourselves, we don't grow, we don't transform, we don't look for spiritual depth. If all it is is about intellectual stimulation and talking about how other people are wrong and you're right, that's something I 
am fond of calling spiritual masturbation. Yes, spiritual masturbation. And saying that in my office by myself is kind of weird, but go with me on this. Spiritual in the sense that it has to do with one's spirit, it has to do with organized religious practice, it has to do with faith and hope and virtue and all these things. And masturbation in the sense that it feels good, but it does not produce or create anything of substance. And I worry that is what our worship experience can be like. I worry that is what our culture can be like. That if it is about comfort and feeling good and feeling only welcomed, and those are all things that are necessary, we want to be welcoming, we want people to feel good, but if that is all that it is, if there's no transformation, if there's no spiritual growth, if there's no spiritual challenge, what are we producing? What are we creating that we can give to other generations? So I also have this worry about this YouTube generation, the younger folks who are always on the social media. And I think the, the big fear about screen time and TV and having a laptop in your hand and on your phone the big fear was that it would shorten our attention spans and totally rework the way that we interact with one another as humans. And I think, to some extent, that's very true. I feel it in my own self. I feel like time away from a screen is so critical to my Sabbath practice and it helps me to recharge and be refreshed. And I think it is affecting my attention span. It's definitely affecting my eyesight. I'm going to need glasses pretty soon. <laughs> so I think about the younger folks who are part of this YouTube generation, that there is all this insistence on social media presence and having a virtual self and a digital self. And I wonder what's happening with them spiritually. But the more I got to think about it, I think I'm coming to the realization that they are actually so creative because of that. Creative and productive that there's the downside of trying to be famous, Instagram famous, right? But the upside of that is all these ingenuity-inspired uh, memes and, and games and dance moves. Younger folks are incredibly creative right now. They're incredibly productive. It may not be something I value because I don't care about Logan Paul, but that cult of personality that I see, that has been around in humanity for as long as we had been a species, right? This cult of personality, these YouTube follows and Instagram follows, um, people like Ronaldo, who are athletes or, or rappers or singers or celebrity pastors, that's always been a part of who we are. We always look within ourselves, within our species, to find people to follow and people to lead and people to bring up good ideas. That's just the nature of our humanity. So when I think about what sanctuary is, I wonder if Unitarian Universalism can be a sanctuary for this new generation. Because it seems to have been for older folks who were scarred by traditional churches or synagogues or places of faith and found a safe place in the UU church. And I wonder how that keeps going if we need to change, if we need to be more open, or what. So in having conversations with folks the past couple of weeks, people have, have looked at me and seen 
someone who does not fit the typical mold of a UU minister. And I could say that because I hear that a lot. I was at an interfaith organizers meeting and a woman came up to me and said, Are, do, you, do you know this person to one of my congregants? She said, yeah, he's my minister. She said, really? You don't look like a UU minister. <laughs> I said, well, uh, thank you. Uh, what, what do you think I look like, I guess? She said, you look like a Marine. Okay, because <laughs> I have short hair and I'm tall. She goes, well, that and you're assertive. And that was so striking to me that a white, straight, athletic male like me, cisgendered, heterosexual, born of privilege, is not the stereotypical UU. And in one way, that speaks very highly to us as a movement. And I'm very proud of that. And on the other hand, I'm also proud that I don't fit the mold and that I'm here because I think that has value in it. I appreciate my differences with a lot of my colleagues and I appreciate the different path that I took here. And I also appreciate that we bring these different experiences. And I hope and I think that my journey is valuable for us to learn from as well. Because in sharing my journey with some of these folks who've been struggling with what it means to be a UU, they've they've kind of resonated with it. So the short version is that I'm a UU because I'm a Christian. And I am maybe not the most Christian UU minister, but I am probably in the top five. (laughs) And I tell people that, that I am a UU because of my Christianity, because of my faith background. And the short version is, I'll do the long version on a different podcast, but the short version is, After growing up in Texas, I tried really hard to run away from Christianity. I tried to run away from a lot of the conservative elements of my upbringing, and I did for the most part. I ran away from a lot of prejudice and a lot of bias, a lot of political leanings, a lot of ways of understanding the world, a lot of fears. I did manage to run away from those. And part of that for me was running away from traditional Christianity and looking instead towards a liberal version that was social justice-focused, appealing to those on the margins, um, working with LGBT folks and with folks who are undergoing poverty, looking for different ways of being human. I was really interested in following Jesus rather than worshiping Christianity. And then I found the UU Church, and it checked all those boxes. And I went home... After working my first day of work at a UU church here in Philly, and I told my partner, she goes, how was it? And I said, it's weird, because it is the most Jesus-y place I have ever been, because they are socially justice-focused, they are welcoming, they're inclusive, they're full of folks who identify as LGBT. They're all about being together and singing and appealing to those on the margins. It is literally what Jesus would do. It is the most Jesus-y place I have ever been, and it is also the least Jesus-y place I have ever been. And that contradiction is also kind of a beautiful oxymoron, because I think that's what appealed to me about it. That 
these were folks trying to live out this mission that I really resonated with and doing it in a way that made sense to them. And I got a way to do it that makes sense to me through Christianity. And I really, really value that. And I think that my voice is something that we need to hear as well. If you think about the pendulum that swings back and forth, we've swung pretty far in the anti-religion, anti-authoritarian, anti-theism bents, and maybe we're coming back to the middle. And maybe my moderate voice is something that can help with that. Because when folks have come to me and asking, saying, I'm, I've had a hard time this year, the past couple years, being a UU. I'm looking for something spiritual. I'm looking for something transformative. I have experienced that. And that's why I'm here. And I think in sharing my story and my journey, I don't provide answers for people's struggles, but I can help point the way towards hope, towards possibility. I don't recommend that anyone take my path because my path is kind of wild and I still don't really understand how I got here, but I trust the process, as we say in Philadelphia. But in my theology, in my understanding, it is my calling to help others on their path. If you're familiar with the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures, I really identify with the call of Jeremiah, who is one of the prophets, who is called by God, and he says, how can you call me? I am only a boy. And I have felt very young and very male and very white for a long time. And yet Jeremiah is called to do a job to point out to people where the light is, even in darkness. And I think that's so incredibly powerful in this time of what feels like darkness. To be someone who helps point out the light within me, within you, within all of us. And in my theology, it is irresponsible for me to turn aside from what God has for me to do. And that's why I'm a Unitarian Universalist. Because I believe in the work, I believe in the mission, I believe in the idealism, and I believe in us. And it is my hope, if you are struggling with being a UU right now, you take a moment to think about what is important for you to have in a sanctuary. And to think about what you can pour into that sanctuary to make it your own and to make it welcoming to others. Because that might be what your calling is. And there is power in that calling. So I want to finish with a poem and a meditation by my colleague, Reverend Barbara Hamilton Holtway. This is called May You Find Your Shelter. May you find shelter in being seen for who you are. May you find hope in this place. May you dwell always in your goodness. May goodness and hope be your external home. May that be so, friends. Amen. You can contact Reverend McKinley at mckinley.l.sims at gmail.com, at his website, uuministry.com backslash McKinley Sims, or follow him on Twitter, at McKinley L. Sims. That's at McKinley L. Sims. Feel free to like, subscribe, leave a five-star review on this podcast, and we'll see you next time, friends.
Rocky.